This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Jason Lockon for follow him and of course Brian Baldinger a part of this podcast as well guys Jason um week 10 was bananas in so many ways and last Ooh. night kind of capped off a crazy week with the Bills blowing another opportunity I don't know what's wrong with the Bills all I know is Josh Allen is not giving them a chance to win three turnovers last night Two picks. He only threw 477 yards and a touchdown. Broncos on the other side have won three in a row against the Chiefs, now the Bills. And listen, I don't know if they've turned their season around, but this loss speaks volumes about what's going on with the Bills, and I can't put my finger on it. I don't know if it's Sean McDermott, or I don't know if it's just Josh Allen's turnovers. Well, yeah, there, there's a lot going on here. Um, first, I just want to give respect to the Browns. Uh, the Browns. We'll get to them later. The Broncos. Uh, I think they've won four of their last six now. And this yeah. is a team that a lot of us left for dead in early October and kind of just wrote off, right? And understandably so. And then they, they showed some life and they had this tough stretch where they faced the Chiefs twice in three weeks right around the trade deadline. Sean Payton saw some stuff he liked, and he took a lot of cards off the table, and it went from two-plus first-rounders and a second and something else for Patrick Sertain to we're not picking up that call. You know, it came from, yeah, you want Simmons, our safety. We'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. And then that kind of, you know, I talked to a bunch of teams who said, yeah, then all of a sudden they beat the Chiefs and people stopped picking up the phone. And there was a culture shift there. And they were going to get a little healthier. And they had a bye coming up. And, you know, they had they felt like they had some relevancy to this season to play for. And I just want to, um, to those clowns who uh, were team Hackett <laughs> in the Sean Payton <laughs> versus Hackett thing, and to yes. those people who three weeks into the season were saying, well, oh, my God, the Broncos were this bad with Hackett. As they are with Sean Payton. Yeah, how, how you like him now? Uh, Russ Wilson is a top eight functioning quarterback in this league by metrics like um, passer rating and by his turnover ratio. And lately, by wins. Um, and again, four of their last six. They can run the football. Getting Javante Williams back healthy um, was huge for them and one of the reasons I like them so much on the money line last night is because they have figured out who they were and their last four games coming into that game last night they were running the ball about 50% of the time they had become a top three team in the league in terms of time of possession and you know that they were going to try to beat you ugly and they reminded me a lot of Minnesota going into that game against San Francisco about a month ago 
where I really like Minnesota on the money line because, again, if you looked at them the last three weeks, the defense was evolving. Things were coming together. Guys were starting to figure it out. But those first three or four games were so horrible, right, that a lot of people, the consensus was like, they're done. Like, oh, my God, we're giving them 30 a game. They're over. They're toast. That's a joke team. Denver's that kind of same team with the in the AFC. Uh, you, you look at a Minnesota now, Cousins goes down. What's Dobbs doing? He's activating his legs a ton to sustain drive. What's Russell Wilson doing? Yeah, he only threw for 190. He also went out there and ran for, you know what I mean, 40-something, like at yep. critical moments. Um, and they, they have a belief and they have an us-against-them thing going on right now. And Sean knows how to manage a game. He knows how to play to his team's strengths. He knows how to bleed the clock. Um, so, yeah, like four and five ain't great, but that, that's a hell of a lot better than it looked, um, go, you know, now versus what it looked like in the early October. Um, as for the Bills, they, they've got issues. The, the quarterback can't stop turning the ball over. They basically took the ball out of his hands. Um, from the middle of the third quarter on. I mean, they basically they basically treated him like he was a rookie quarterback. And Dorsey, the coordinator, called the game, um, you know, like this was the DeVito game for the Giants. They were going to run the ball, you know, and, and to their credit, they did. And they did it a little bit with Cook, and they did it a ton um, uh, uh, with, uh, with the other Cook. Uh, I mean, a little bit with Murray a lot with cook um and and they still came up short ultimately in large part because of the quarterback's turnovers and i, I don't know man they play the jets next week i think carl when those markets That's populate right. i'm going to jump over every kind of bills rushing prop i'm going to go over on cook i'm going to go over on murray anybody you think might run the ball I'm going to go over because I, I just think that's where they are right now. He, you know, even after the last pick, he threw another sideline throw um, across his body with two Broncos defenders there, and it didn't get picked. It made it to the sidelines, but I'm just like, man, oh, man, he, he just can't get it out of his system. He just can't shake it. And, it, look, it's going to cost Ken Dorsey his job. They're going to have another offensive coordinator next year. And I also think there could be an uncomfortable situation between Sean McDermott and that owner, you know, who says you're not you're not calling the defense next year. You know, Leslie Frazier probably wasn't the problem, whatever happened there. So <laughs> yeah. I think there's some change coming. I think I think they're going to be hard pressed um, to win that division. You know, Miami, if they just beat bad teams, you know, will we'll win that division and Buffalo might not get in the playoffs their schedule is really, really tough, and that defense is so decimated by injuries that I just don't know they're going to be good enough on that side of the ball to offset what they've become on offense, which now is going to be a run-first team that has to manage the quarterback to eliminate mistakes, and they're just not getting the big explosion plays to digs like we're used to. So I thought that was a great spot for the Denver Broncos coming off a of bye, even with Buffalo being rested since their Thursday night game. Um, and I don't know, Carl. I don't know where they're going to put that that over under on that Jets Bills game. They might have to put it at thirty for me to <laughs> for me not to play the under. Like I don't know. 
Even 30, I still might go under. Like that, that game might be over in 90 minutes because at this point, all the Jets can do is try to run the ball, and the Bills might not want to throw it either. Not with yeah. Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Remember last time, didn't Allen turn it over five times against them, including four picks, I think it was? He did in the first game of the season. Yeah, that was the, yeah. the big one. And they lost he, that game. Yeah, it kind of feels he, like it was the template for the season. Well, here's the deal, like with Josh. Uh, he's such a talented player, but he's 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 got this carelessness with the ball right now. And I think it's been the last couple of seasons. And we've talked about this, Jason. You know, Brian Dable and the effect that he had on him. And once he leaves and takes the Giants job, it's been different. He leads the league in turnovers with 14. He's got 11 interceptions more than anybody else in the league. And yet he's one of the highest paid and obviously considered to be one of the elite quarterbacks. And I think this gunslinger mentality where I can just fit it in. Oh, I can make that throw instead of being, you know, uh, calculated with his throws. And last night, say what you want about Russell Wilson, 24-29. 24-29. I mean, that, that, that is... I'm taking care of the football, and I'm only going to put it out there where my guys can get it. The throw to the end zone was absolutely incredible. But I just think that carelessness and that gunslinger mentality is what's gotten Josh in trouble. And I don't know if he's going to be able to fix that. Maybe you just have to live with this. This is Maybe this is Josh Allen, and you just have to live with it. Let's talk about the Browns and Ravens. I thought this was going to be – Or you just run the hell out of the football. Or, yes, or either or. Take it out of his hands. I thought this Browns-Ravens game was going to be one of the best on Sunday, and it was. I've been saying, hey, Ravens, Ravens, Ravens. You've been saying, not so fast, not so fast. How the hell did they lose this game? Well, this is what they do in the fourth quarter. And it's, you know, when you asked me last week, like, can you now come out and proclaim them? Clearly the best team in football, and I hemmed and hauled and paused and filibustered. <laughs> And said, no, there were two primary reasons, right? One was, if you if you take away Mark Andrews, who can win 30, 40, 50 yards downfield for them in the pass game? Who wins outside the numbers for them in the pass game? Who can Lamar Jackson push the ball air yards, big boy passing downfield to? The answer is nobody. Zay Flowers underneath and short. Sure, I'll give you that. Nobody downfield. They don't have explosive plays. He's 10 for 31 throwing the ball 20 or more yards downfield. And and, and this day and age of the modern NFL, um, in a game like that where they're beating you up in the trenches and your offensive line's a little banged up, you're not running it the way you thought you could in the second half versus the first half, somebody – got to have more than one playmaker on offense in the pass game, and they don't. And – they crapped the bed in the fourth quarter with stunning regularity against good teams, against bad teams, against mediocre teams. It's just who they are. And they've now had seven of these situations the last couple of years where they've blown 14-point leads. And they repeatedly blow more than one score leads in the fourth quarter. And it's part they have a construction flaw in how they're built. This, this general manager can't identify wide receiver talent to save his life. He just he can't he's he's God horrible at it and he keeps wasting first round picks and now fifteen million dollars in Odell Beckham on it so they've got a flawed construction offensively and they've got a character flaw which is they're not a fourth quarter team 
and no lead is safe that they have, even if they're at home and even if they've been beating the hell out of everybody at home. And, you know, they now, Carl, have allowed 72 points in the fourth quarter this season. The only teams who've allowed more are the Cardinals and the Commanders, not the company you want to be in. So why do I have trepidation about them? That's why. And they've got a negative 17 scoring margin in the fourth quarter. That's 27th in the league. They've allowed the fifth most yards in the fourth quarter. They allow over five yards per play in the fourth quarter. And in this game, they allowed seven yards per play in the fourth quarter. 119 yards, eight first downs in the fourth quarter alone. Deshaun Watson, seven for seven for 13 yards in attempt. They're also giving up 5.6 on the ground in the fourth quarter in this game. And, and they're arguably the league's worst fourth quarter defense since the start of last season. So as great as they are in all these other aspects, um, that continues to bite them in the ass. And they did it against Miami last year, and they did it against Buffalo last year, and they did it against Jacksonville last year, and they did it against Pittsburgh last year and they did it against Pittsburgh this year and they did it against Indianapolis this year and they did it against Cleveland this year and they will do it again this year because they seem incapable as an organization as a coaching staff and as a roster of stopping it and sometimes it's more defense than offense and sometimes it's a little more offense than defense but it it is who they are and it's why I ultimately didn't have them making the playoffs in a super crowded AFC because I didn't like the way the schedule sat up. I didn't like this aspect of play. And I still thought take away Andrews. And I don't think anybody can beat you in the passing game. And Lamar's not running now the way he did. The answer before when that stuff happened was we'll just get him play option football with you. We'll play Greg Roman ball. And we'll see if you can stop that. They're, they're not doing that. They might have to, to do that. They might have to do that Thursday night against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they're a good team. Do I think they're a great team? I'm not so sure. And also, they're leading the league in sacks, and that's awesome. And they're doing it by committee. And Clowney's better than you thought he was going to be. And Van Noy's better than you thought he was going to be. But they don't have a Miles Garrett. They don't have a real closer. And the, since the, the Cleveland Browns were without their three best tackles. And in the second half, you would have thought they were out there. Because you didn't see Clowney, and you didn't see Van Noy. And Oway made one. He, he did have one sack. But they should have been feasting against second and third string tackles. And they weren't. And you could also run the ball on them if you want, if you really want to. And nobody's done it that much because everybody's been down by 27 points. But it's true. if you watch the Arizona game and you're like, damn, you can run inside on them. You can run sprint plays on them inside, draws. Like, what's going on there? Well, Bill Callahan in Cleveland, he watched that Arizona game. And everything they did with that DeMarcado kid, he did with Ford. And he did it with backup offensive linemen. And, and he, he he did it all day long. I mean, 27 runs, 16 to the right side, 6.4 yards per carry. I mean, you knew where the ball was going. You knew what hole they were attacking. And the Ravens couldn't do anything about it. Um, and the Browns saved their season, man. At halftime, I thought the Browns were done. And, and I thought they were going to run Deshaun Watson out of town, who started this game 5 for 15 passing. And he wasn't hitting anything downfield. Anything he threw 10 yards downfield, Carl, didn't land in the same area code as the guy he was intending to throw it to. And yet he's perfect in the second half against this amazing vaulted best defense since the 86 Bears. Okay. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, the Browns have been waiting to, to get 
<clears throat> just a glimpse of what Deshaun Watson can look like. And they got that. I mean, they haven't seen, I don't think they've seen the real Deshaun Watson since he's, you know, been back. And I thought in this game, he looked really good. Uh, I'll say this, the Ravens, you know, the, the, the Lamar interception obviously wasn't his fault tip ball, but that was just a huge play in that game where you, I thought that's where they were going to take control of the game and boom, that happens. And it just changed, right? Everything just, just kind of flipped. Even though uh, we're going to talk, we're going to talk more about this on Thursday with Baldy. That game on Thursday is huge, right? Bengals, Ravens now, oh, yeah. huge game. And I'm curious to see how they respond after, after losing this game. 33-31 was the final score, guys. Browns boom, kicked the field goal. There were five games that were decided basically at the end of the game this week with game-winning field goals. This was one of them. You saw one last night with the Broncos. Just crazy. The Lions did it. I mean, it, it was just a bananas weekend from that standpoint. Jason Lock on 4, Carl Dukes with you guys. It's In The Huddle. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends about us. And, of course, you can watch us on YouTube at In The Huddle Pod. All right, Jason, let's move on. Uh... <laughs> The, the, the Patriots did exactly what we thought they'd do. They went overseas. And they laid another yeah. egg. Belichick benches Mac Jones again. Give you credit. You've been saying this for a while. Mac Jones is not that dude. He is not him. So you've been saying this for probably the last year. I got to give you credit. You were I don't believe him. I don't believe in him. Okay. I think his confidence is shot right now. He's been benched five times. Oh, yeah. So I don't know where you go with this during this season, but Jason, Patriots are done, and now you have to wonder if if Belichick's going to be given the opportunity to retool and try to come back next year and see what he can do. But, man, what a mess this yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to a general manager about it yesterday morning, and he's like, look, we and, and, and it's not a secret. Like, Bill Belichick and Kraft, this thing has been simmering and 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 – fracturing and um, the split has been inevitable for a, a solid month now. Um, and in league circles, it's, it's been a fait accompli now for probably close to a month that Belichick and Kraft are going to go their separate ways. And you and I have talked about, Oh, what about this contract? It doesn't, none of that matters. It's over. Doesn't matter. No. So that's not really the issue. And, and he's not going to fire him, you know, on the flight back from Frankfurt. Like that's some, fanboy fiction right there like that's right some stuff right, somebody right. writes in the fever dream on a message board but please come <laughs> on that's not how this thing ends and and really if you're craft now and like him reaching out to other people he trusts in the league they're like look bro you've never been in this situation before but like just let this guy ride it out it's right he picks up a couple right. more wins right he inches a little he inches a little closer to shula on the way out play bailey zappy Take your licks, go get the second best quarterback in the draft. Like that. I mean, it's not right. Like, and 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 that's your right. And now you've got that in place for whoever the next guy is. Whether you promote Gerard Mayo from in-house, whether you go get Mike Vrabel and team him with Nick Casario, hmm. and you're able to put that together, which I hear is Kraft's dream team. He'd love to bring those two back in the fold. Separate church and state. I don't want one guy running everything like I did. I had right. Belichick for 25 years. I want That's a right. powerful GM. I want an accomplished coach. Guys with similar profiles. Guys with similar experience. Right? 
it's not this guy's over that guy, that guy's over this guy. Like I'm gonna bring in two guys who are very good at their craft, who understand the excuse the pun, under, understand the Patriot way, right? Who want to be here, who this place is special for, who know what this place can be like when we're on top. You're never gonna be on top like that But that's the same story. Um, nobody's ever gonna do that again in the salary no. cap era. Like no, that's where it's going. And in the meantime. Does it matter if you're three and 14 or, you know what I mean? Two and 15 or four and 13? No. So it is what it is. You know, anybody who's injured, who might be coming back, who you think is a part of the future, keep them on ice. Take your lumps. You know, maybe you mess around and get the first overall pick, but you're, you're probably going to have a shot at the UNC quarterback or something like that. And, and you build, you know, that's, that's, a, that's your reboot. That's your relaunch into life after Brady and Belichick. So, no, I don't think they're going to win many games from here on out, Carl. Uh, and I don't think the hoodie's going anywhere until January. Yeah, I. Uh, it was hard to watch, too, by the way. Like, I love getting up. Oh. I said this to you. And watching, you know, sure. football at 930 in the morning and, hey, I, you know, Bloody Mary or coffee or whatever the hell you're doing. It was hard to watch. Like, I was like, this is weak. I, I'm not even interested in this. Well, you know, we're watching it. And I'm, I'm actually doing a, you know, BetQL gambling show while it's on. And, and so, like, <laughs> I, I'm usually on the under. And I'm like, this game's going to be ugly. And then it's 7-3 right away, right? And people are like, oh, what would you do live betting, you know? What you? I'm like, I'm waiting for this to settle in. I'm going to yep. bet the under again at that halftime because I'm not buying either of these operations. As bad as their defenses are. The offenses are, are, are worse. And, yeah, that 7-3 was all the scoring we had for a while. Wow. Um, yeah. Did you, uh, did you bet the Colts, and, and the by the way? the crazy thing about that is, with that? Did you bet the Colts? No. Did you did you get money on, Col on the Colts? Okay. All right. Just no. wondering. Go ahead. No, but the I was crazy say, thing the Colts is now, like, the, the Colts are kind of viable. Like, do I buy much of anything yeah. about the Colts? No. But they win games. Like, they beat other bad teams, right? And they almost beat the Browns. They should have beat the Browns. They should have beat Minshew the Browns. And Minshew can just look so god-awful for long stretches. And Jonathan Taylor's not otherworldly at all. In fact, the run no. game's kind of stalled the last couple of weeks as they try to figure out which guy to feed. Yet they're – and Richardson hasn't played in six weeks or whatever it's been. Yet look at them. Like, they're right – in. In the thick of this whole hodgepodge in the AFC of teams, you know, with four, five, or six, six wins. All right. You like to say they beat up on the sisters of the poor. They did it again. 49-17. How about them cowboys? The Giants Man. are terrible. Huh? They're terrible. But, but but the Cowboys do this again. 400 yards for Dak. Four touchdowns, they they look great. We, and by the way, this spread, I think it was like 17 or 8 to 20. I don't know. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it got, and, got up to 18. 18. And they covered. I mean, uh, th that's fine. But let's talk, let's talk about where the Giants go with this because – Oh, my gosh. Dan, Daniel Jones, first of all, you got to realize they're back in the quarterback business, right? Sure. And I know, like, now, if I'm the Giants, you just talk about the Patriots losing. Eh, we're not going anywhere. I I'm trying to secure a top pick. All right. I want to oh, be top no, three. Vito's, I mean, yeah. No, this ain't 
like we're going to go out and try to bring in our Carson Wentz. You know what I mean? There's somebody off the street. Like, they're not trying to talk Philip Rivers or Drew Brees out of retirement. Nah, this guy's been cast. We are god-awful on both <laughs> sides of the ball. You yes. know, our, our Super Bowl our Super Bowl was that 14-7 game against the Commandos a few a few weeks back. Like, you know, that was our high watermark. Like, nah, this is, this is getting that quarterback thing. Yeah, I mean, you got Belichick and his former franchise, right? One in the AFC, one in the NFC, who both thought they'd be a lot better than they are. Look at, you know, like playing a game of chicken trying to maneuver in there, you know what I mean, with the – I mean, I would say the Panthers, but the Bears have their picks. So it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean, I guess, but with the Panthers pick, with the Cardinals pick, like they're they're try, trying to get on that first, second overall action. Um, no, they, they – I mean, it's almost like what they're playing isn't really football. You know what I mean? It's almost like they're just they're, – they're doing this other thing. Like – it's like if you took a team from the 1940s and dropped them into the 2023 <laughs> NFL. Yeah. You know, and gave, them, gave them the tablets and everything, right? And gave them, like, traded in their leather helmets for, like, you know, <laughs> latching new Rydell ones or whatever. But it, it, it's like, I mean, they, they don't throw the ball till they have to. You know what I mean? And then this kid, you know, maybe he'll throw for 100 yards. Maybe he won't. Like. Might might still might not be as bad as the Falcons uh quarterback situation though. Woo wee. Those two picks conspire for a hundred yards passing, huh? Um, but yeah, the Giants are, I mean, <laughs> ship to sail. Like, I'm guessing Sam Howell runs wild on them in this game. You know, they they blitzed Howell in the first game, blitzed them. I think Wick Martindale blitzed them on like literally 68% of his dropbacks. He did. Um, yeah. they held him in check the first time. How though on the season is pretty good against the blitz and how playing real good football right now. And I'm guessing the commanders, you know, 10 is a lot for a divisional game, especially a divisional game between two bad teams. But I think Sam Howell props are probably pretty safe this week. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the giants, man, but yeah, Dallas, that's, I mean, come on. That's what they, that is. I mean, everybody fills up the back of their football card. You know what I mean? Dak, you get yours CD. You, I'll tell you who didn't get theirs though is Pollard. And I'm starting to wonder if that is a sunk cost. Like I thought for sure that was a bounce back game for him. Like he's not, they're not yanking him from this game until he's got at least 75 yards rushing and a touchdown. Well, that wasn't like, that wasn't happening. Um, You know, the other kid was was better than him. Yeah. Yeah. Rico was was better. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they keep, you know, they got another exhibition game this week. Like it's it's perfect for them the way the schedule sets up. You know, they got another preseason game this week against the Panthers, so they can experiment, you know, and then they, they can they can figure some stuff out in the second half uh, once again. Um, but yeah, look, this is what they do, and then two weeks from now they'll play another real team, and the spread will flatter them, and all the numbers will flatter them, and, and they'll come up short. You know, Cowboy fans hate you, right? You know that. They're like, hey, we're good. We're a good team. You know that, right? They should should hate the owner. Don't hate me. I don't (laughs) don't build the team. I just dissect it and tell you every year it ain't half as good as the old man thinks it is, but whatever. Uh, I I have to tell you, I haven't been as mad. Well, you're you're right, though. I haven't been as, as upset as I was two weeks ago. 
um, when I saw Joshua Dobbs come into a game and win it in Atlanta the way he did. So Vikings leave, and everybody says, oh, that was a once-in-a-lifetime deal. He'll, he'll never play that good again. And Jason, he played better this week, and they win again against the Saints. This Joshua Dobbs story is one of the funnest stories in the of NFL course. right now. It's cool. He's such a rootable guy. We know how intelligent he is, and everybody wants to do that story, right? He's a NASA scientist, will be, blah, blah, blah. Well, the hell with that. Can he play football? Yeah. And he's playing football right now as the Vikings. You talk about viable. They're viable. Uh, yeah, look, I, I I buy the Minnesota Vikings. I, I started buying them really, again, going into that Monday night game against San Francisco, and I, I studied them pretty hard that week. And I liked that game a lot. I liked a lot of props, total sides in that game. I was all over that game. And I felt like people were sleeping on the Minnesota Vikings, what they had become defensively. And, yeah, they had flaws in the run game. um, But they had a lot going for them. And even with Justin Jefferson out. And now he's getting close to a return. And, yeah, they've suffered a couple of injuries here and there. And, obviously, uh, the Cousins one is the biggest. But – they won a lot of one-score games last year, and now they're winning a lot of one-score games. Again, this year after that slow start, they figured out what Brian Flores is asking of them defensively. Um, the, the, the Neil Hunter wreck stuff, their blitz wreck stuff. Um, they know how to play with a lead. They're smart. And look, Josh Dobbs, man, he, he sustains drives with his legs in a way that not a lot of guys in this league do like it's, it's elite. Um, yeah. You know, keep playing them in the alt markets 40 or more. Like they keep setting these totals rushing for him in the low twenties. And I keep playing them 40 and above because he's, he's going, these games are going to be close. He's going to run at least eight times a game. Um, and a couple of them are, are going to be big ones. Um, he's, he's great at running in the red zone when, when man, things get tight and constricted, right? Um, Hawkinson was beat up, played his ass off in this game, right? Osborne's been out. Jefferson is out. Like Cam Akers, who looked like he was about to become maybe their lead back, right? He goes down. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, Jameis is a lot of fun and Jameis had their wide receivers lit up, right? Cause they knew that, Hey man, I'm gonna get a chance to make him play on a ball. Like he's going to sling it up there. You know what I mean? He's the opposite of Carr. Carr knows every he's- interception he's ever throw like car is just like car wants to keep it safe he wants that passer rain to look pretty good at the end of the day you know what i mean he wants to keep making this yeah. kind of money he wants to justify it on completion <laughs> percentage and passer rating james <clears throat> wants to james wants to you know he's got bruce arian still in his head no no risk it no biscuit i mean boom 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 uh and some are beautiful and some are deadly and that's who they're going to be now like you can't there's no coaxing that out of him at this point um but that's Saints defense is pretty good, and Dobbs dominated them in the first half, and they built up such a big lead uh, that that thing was was pretty safe all the way through the second half. And, yeah, Minnesota's going to be a tricky out. I mean, on the NFC where, again, there's a couple of, you know, you got you want to put San Francisco and Philly on their own plane, I'm with you. But in that whole stew of everybody else, I, I would like the Vikings against a lot of those teams on a neutral field. 
Like, are they going to win that division? I think are they, they can win hold that? their own. Can, can they? Um, can they? And yeah, Dobbs has something to him. Uh, can, can they find a way to catch the Lions? The Lions are still the team right now. I was just saying, with the way they're playing, could could they make this interesting in this division? They're six and four right now. No, but I, I, Lions are a really good team. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I think the like I I, I really like the Detroit Lions. I I do. Um, and getting Montgomery back now, like their bugaboo with the Lions was the only reason like the Lions offense didn't look truly like otherworldly was because they're settling for too many field goals in the red zone. Like they 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 had some red zone issues, but adding Montgomery back as the hammer now, uh, you know, and and you know even getting a Peoples Jones in there and. Like I just think they're they're going to be fine, and they're going to hang thirty three on a lot of people. Um, and they've got some home games coming up against some bad teams. So I don't think the Vikings catch the Lions, but I think the Vikings absolutely can get in in the playoffs. Like if you look at them versus the the rest of like the second tier team, the NFC. Like, do I think the Vikings are better than the Seahawks? You know, I I do. Do I think the Vikings are better than everybody in the NFC South? I do. Do I think the Vikings could mess around and beat the Cowboys? I do. I mean, Dallas has more talent. I'd give the edge to Dallas, but I, I don't think, like, it would be out of the question, um, especially if Dallas had to come to Minnesota. If Dallas had to go anywhere right. on the road. You know, I'm, I'm I'm thinking that road team is, is quite live. Again, they're not San Francisco. They're not, they're not the Eagles, but of – Everybody else, yeah, I, I I think they're the fourth. You know, Detroit too. I put Detroit with those other teams. Like I said, they're not catching Detroit, but like, are they the fourth or fifth best team in the NFC? I I absolutely think so. I do too. I, I agree with you, and, and you know, I, I see the surging, you know, <clears throat> thing that's happening with them, but they're just gonna make it more interesting in the overall NFC. They're not winning that division. The Lions are the real deal. I'll tell you who else I'm completely sold on right now. And it's been a few weeks uh, as I did a deep dive into to this kid. Is C.J. Stroud. The Texans go to the Bengals. Oh, yeah. Sunday, Jason. Kid throws for 356. Here's the thing. I don't care how you're doing in your, in your good moments, right? And, you, and, and when things are going well, everybody feels good. This kid threw an interception late in the game, and it almost cost him the game, right? He goes to the sidelines. He tells D'Amico Ryans, I got you. Mm -hmm. He gets the ball back and then leads a game-winning drive. Another field goal. Boom. Ball game's over, 30-27. Not only did they cover Jason, but they win the game on the road against the Bengals. The C.J. Stroud is showing us he's the real deal. He is. And, and look, I thought that this would be a step up in weight class for him. I thought you looked at that team home versus road and it was two different things. And I'm looking at that injury report all week, you know, and no Nico Collins and Tank Dell's banged up and they don't run the ball that well. Although they did in this game. And he's coming off this five touchdown magical mystery tour thing at home. And Todd Bowles. I don't know why, blitz the hell out of him. And when you blitz him, this kid shreds you. He kills man. But you look at his numbers and you look at his film against zone and you look at the way Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator of the Bengals, mixes and matches and toggles from coverage to coverage. And I'm thinking he's going to get a – he's going to throw a pick in cover three. I bet he throws a pick in cover seven. I'm like, he's going to throw a pick in this game. 
and Burrow's playing out of his mind, and this is going to be like some comeuppance, right? This is the kind of stuff that every rookie quarterback deals with. I was completely wrong. I was so wrong. Like, <laughs> so wrong. He played better than Burrow. Burrow had two picks, including one in the end zone. That was brutal. Now, Boyd dropped the ball. He's got a catch. and I mean, whatever. That's football. But for this kid to have the two fumbles and the late pick and come back and win that thing in regulation where, you know, I, I thought it was at least going to overtime on the road against a Bengals team that looked like they were about to ascend to the top of the AFC. Huge. Huge. Um, I give him all the credit. In the world, that was to me the most impressive thing I've seen from him, uh, especially coming af- off of all that success the week before against the far. I think the, the Bucks are a far inferior team to the Bengals. So I, at this point, man, I'm all aboard. Like, I think they'll take care of business against the Cardinals. I mean, there's a little part of me that does wonder letdown, but I think D'Amico Ryan's has their head straight. I think they're coming home to keep flexing their muscles. And defensively, they're good against the pass. You know, Anderson's given them some stuff up front in the pass rush. Uh, it's not, you know, they're not complete yet on that side of the ball, but it's a damn good offensive line. This kid is going to mess around and be in the top six of the MVP race, I think, because I think the Texans are going to keep winning some ball games that we didn't think they were going to win. And that franchise is just in such a different place than it's been. It's such a long time. Um, and, yeah, now the Bengals, it's a quick turnaround. And, boy, if the Texans pushed us around like that, what are the Ravens going to do? You know, the Ravens ran for a buck 80-something on them in the first meeting. Um, and they're banged up now, too, right? Hubbard was already out. Now Hendrickson's out. Um, Higgins, I don't think he's coming back for this game on a quick turnaround. You know, uh Chase had a big game, but he obviously still a little hobbled by that back injury from the Bills game. It's going to be wild. Um, but yeah, I mean the Texans—that's another team. Like you can't you you can't tell me they're not alive for a wild card spot in the AFC. They played the Ravens tough in Baltimore Week One. I think that ended up they being did. a twenty-two to nine game. Like they that did. might ultimately right. They they might come one AFC win short right of the playoffs. And it might be that one, but like you're lucky, Baltimore, that you got that kid in his debut. You know, <laughs> you're, you're lucky you didn't get him a couple, even a couple weeks in. You know, once Tank Dell got his feet under him, and you know, and once they got uh, Laramie Tunsil. I mean, go look at that Houston offensive line that they had to cobble together for that game too, and they still gave the Ravens a hell of a game. You know, the Ravens team that's the greatest team in the history of the NFL. Uh, so yeah hats off to the texans man they 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 made me eat my words and and burn my wallet because i thought the bengals were, were going to win that game even with their injury woes and i i was i was way off um here's the deal Jason, is with the, he is here's the deal with this stroud story get the right guy your franchise changes it's just that simple it's 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 oh, yeah. you saw it you saw it with the Bengals with Joe Burrow Bengals nobody wanted to go there nobody wanted to play there nobody wanted to be there Burrow gets there different world this is the same thing for the Texans that has happened with C.J. Stroud you get the right guy and things absolutely change all right let's talk about one other thing before we get out of here and that's the 49ers coming off the bye what a beatdown against the Jaguars I did not expect this and where's Calvin Ridley been like all this talk about Calvin Ridley being a difference maker. He's had 
a hundred yard game. I think the first game of the season, he's had one other hundred yard game since. And the Jags, you know, Trevor Lawrence said, I played my worst game as a pro 34, three, they get crushed. And it wasn't even close. I mean, uh, Kittle a hundred yards. Purdy does what Purdy does. He was efficient. Three touchdowns. I just thought that, you know what, this is the 49er team that I expected to see. And it's almost like, hey, we needed to regroup. They yeah. regrouped and came out and beat a really good Jags team. Yeah. Um, the only thing I was right about this game was the under. But I didn't think it was going to be one team doing all the scoring. I thought it was going to be, you know, I thought it was going to be like 23-20. And I, I thought, that for me, the Jags were live. Um, and they they were DOA. They were dead on arrival. Now, I do think they ran into a, a buzzsaw. We've, talk, we've said it before. I'll say it again. The San Francisco offense lives and dies with Trent Williams. Trent Williams is there and healthy. Kyle Shanahan can run boots till the cows come home. He can put that quarterback in any position he wants to, especially on the left side of the field, and you got nothing to worry about. He can run outside zone behind Trent Williams. He could call out the play. Brock Purdy could call out. He could call out the play and dissect it for you in the huddle and tell you where it's going. And if Trent Williams is that left tackle and 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 Kittle's pulling, you probably can't stop it anyway, right? So that's the difference. And go watch Trent Williams absolutely road grade people five, seven, 15, 20 yards downfield. And so now when they got explosion in the run game, now it's play actions there all day long. Brock Purdy can sit there and yep. spin around yep. three times and play duck, duck, goose. And like, it's just a whole different thing. Defensively, yeah, Chase Young looked pretty good. The Ohio State bookends, he lit a fire under Bosa's ass. That San Francisco D-line uh, had not played anywhere near to their ability all year. People trying to hang that on Steve Wilkes. That's baloney. Um, a lot of dudes weren't earning their paychecks. And they came to play, and right. they they added a first overall pick at the trade deadline and had the buy to let him get his feet under him and then set him loose. And the <laughs> rotation true. is deeper. Their start, their starting D line is now deeper. Like, yeah, that's a that that looks like it's going to be what they thought that thing was going to be at the start of the season. So that was um, a masterclass performance. The only thing they couldn't do is get McCaffrey another touchdown. They tried their asses off, uh, but his streak ended at seven, what seventeen in a <laughs> row. Uh, yeah, this, that's a that's a different San Francisco team. When you put Trent back and Debo on top of that offensively, it changes everything. And now you get Bosa a little healthier, a little rested. Because remember, he didn't really have a camp. He looks like he's been on fumes for weeks. And you add a Chase Young to the mix. Come on now. Um, I'll just say this about the Jags. And the Jags are a good team. No doubt about it. And Doug Peterson will have them win games. But these are Trevor Lawrence's touchdown totals game by game, Carl. Zero. All right. One. Oh, one, oh, two, one, 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 zero, two. Oh, that's his. Oh, and I was one of the ones who thought, well, they kept Ingram and they, right, and they added Ridley and and ATN's going to catch a bunch of screens in the red zone for touchdowns. And the Jets are 20th in yards per play offensively, 26th in yards per rush. 15th in yards per pass, 25th in third down conversions, and 29th in the red zone. Wow. Wow. Um, 
so yeah, there's some work. There's some work to do. There's some work to do offensively. That's another one. Tennessee at Jacksonville. They've got that at 40 right now. I would get on that. I would go under that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that's 18-15. <laughs> Tennessee don't give up touchdowns. Tennessee's no. got flaws. They've only given up 15 offensive touchdowns all year. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, Jacksonville still might cover. Like, it might be 18-10 because uh, Tennessee's offense on the road is god-awful. Um, it is. But, yeah, the Jags have – Jags have some work to do. Been a lot of field goals for them. Uh, um, and Lawrence has had a hell of a time throwing the ball into the end zone. As we sit here, guys, heading into week 11, in the huddle, subscribe, like us, tell your friends, and again, watch us on YouTube at In the Huddle Pod. Don't miss an episode. Baldy is going to join us on Thursday to talk about some of the upcoming games. We'll break down some of the other formations and scheme, schematical things that we've been talking about here. But as we head into week 11, um, we're starting to see the separation. I said this last week, pretenders and, and contenders, right? And you're talking about the Jags. I'm, I'm curious to see if they come back down to earth here a little bit more uh, and who continues to ascend. You know, that's what's going to happen here over the next few weeks. But we got week 11 to look forward to. Follow Jason, guys. Read him in the uh, Washington Post as well. And make sure you're back here on Thursday. Uh, Actually, we'll release the episode on Friday for you to check out what we're thinking about heading into Sunday's game. Jason, man, great job as always. Talk to you soon, brother. And everybody here, thank you for being here. Thank you, brother. uh, Absolutely. We appreciate you guys. It's in the heart. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 